We are now recording. I am Jonathan Nixon. I'm here with Grandma Arta Jean Christensen. Say hello, Grandma. Hello, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> We're here on the My Family Her Story podcast, and it is April 4th, 2021, Resurrection Day, Easter Sunday. Uh, we're in between sessions of general conference. Uh, our goal here is to preserve and podcast form stories and memories for future generations and to have a good time. And as it is Easter Sunday, we are going to have a special conversation today about Easter and how it has been celebrated throughout the decades of Grandma Artagene's life. Uh, so Grandma, to begin our conversation, uh, as a child born in 1929 and growing up in the 30s, how is Easter celebrated for you? Well, in our, in our home and in our, in our family, Easter was always centered around Christ. And of course, Easter was always on Sunday and, and we always went to church. So we always heard the testimonies given by the speakers and by our, our teachers and whatnot, whatever was going on as the Easter program. We always had that, but as a, as a side issue, Easter was traditionally in those days, a day for dressing up and looking beautiful. And even though, even though it was the depression days, my mother always managed to have a new dress for each of us. She would so, she would sew something up and, and each of us would have a new dress. And I don't know, you know, I was thinking about it this morning and I thought, what did she do or what did they do for the boys? I don't remember them having anything special, <laughs> but we always, we girls always had a new dress and, and they're in the, in the newspapers and things, they always talked about the Easter parade and the Easter parade was the idea that uh, in the cities, I guess, in on Fifth Avenue in New York, you'd get all dressed up in your finest clothes and walk down the walk down the avenue in New York City or wherever you lived, I guess, and and show off your finery. And uh, we always that was when I was when I was young, that was a tradition. And I carried that on a little bit with our with our children as uh, as we got children and and they usually got a new some new uh, new Sunday clothes for Easter. Was there any like Easter egg hunting around Easter when you were a child? Well, we did that too, but we, not necessarily uh, an egg hunt, but uh, we had an Easter basket. On Sunday, on Easter morning, usually my mother had made, made some colored eggs and we had colored eggs for breakfast. <laughs> so that was a little bit of a, a little bit of an egg celebration. And we did have, um, an Easter basket and that a little a little later on 
we started having a some little some little gift in that basket like a like a little plush chicken or something and it's not like what not like what our kids got yesterday but <coughs> but uh, about an inch or two two in, two inch tall um, fuzzy little chicken maybe anyway we thought they were very cute and an interesting thing happened not not too long ago maybe a couple of years ago my sister came across some things that uh, that she had saved up from when she was a little child and sent it to me and it was a little it was one of those little uh, chenille check chicks um, that uh, our parents had given us and she sent it to me. So I framed it and put it up on the wall where I can look at it to remind us of the, of the olden days. But she had saved that up and sent it to me here in my old age. It got a little taste of the old Christmas day or Easter day back again. So that was kind of fun. But uh, we would we would maybe have some colored eggs and and like probably on a Saturday um, maybe maybe walk <clears throat> over to the foothills that surrounded our little town of Sigurd, Utah and and climb a small hill and and roll our Easter eggs down the hill. Or we may have <clears throat> we may have uh, just gone out in our yard because our uh, our home yard was built on a on a ravine sort of thing that was next to the river and uh, so our home was up on on the the regular level and where the cows and the chickens and all of that was was down down a hill. So we had a small hill right in our yard. And uh, sometimes we just roll our eggs down in right in the yard on the hill. I'm not sure whatever started rolling eggs, but but that was uh, that was what that was what we did. And uh, then we used to hear about that they were having an Easter egg hunt on White House lawn and Easter eggs would be hid and children that lived close to where the president of the United States lived could go there and, and hunt for Easter eggs hidden around on the White House lawn. And uh, so that's something we heard about, but, but we didn't do, and we, didn't, we did not uh, have an egg hunt in, in, at home or in the yard um, ourselves. It wasn't, I can't even remember. I can't remember. It was always something that was done kind of as a, as a community project in some way. I can't even remember ever doing something like that when I was a little child or even knowing about it, except as I said, in some place like maybe the Capitol lawn or the White House lawn or something like that. 
where they'd have an Easter egg hunt. That sort of came on later. I don't remember that specifically, but. Uh, it's interesting that you talked about egg rolling because I, I rolled eggs as a kid. And so I think that tradition is still very much alive and well. Um, I It's fun that you mentioned how you didn't do Easter egg, egg hunts as a kid it sort of informs my next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Were you informed of or did you believe in the Easter Bunny as a child? I, I don't even remember. I don't remember anything about Easter Bunny when I was a little kid. I don't know if we... I, I just don't remember that being part of any celebration at when I was little. Later on, I remember it. I started hearing about it, but we didn't, never in my lifetime have I made a, a big deal about the Easter Bunny until maybe yesterday. <laughs> when there turned out to be a giant, giant Easter bunny on my yard. <laughs> but uh, for those of you listening, uh, Jacob Dew came to the Easter party dressed as the Easter bunny yesterday and hit eggs around the yard. So just so you can be informed. <laughs> yes, a big, a big six foot six inch Easter bunny on the on our on our on our home yard yesterday. We didn't, it, I'll tell you some things that were going on more when I was a, like when I was a teenager, we used to go somewhere maybe on a Saturday and have a, and have a picnic if the weather was, if the weather was decent, which it can be quite iffy on Easter because we're still in the springtime. But, but uh, I remember one time that I made a lot of colored eggs, and and uh, I I wrote on the I wrote on the eggs with a candle before before I colored them, and then that left that part white. And uh, I wrote their names, the names of uh, all our family, uh, my brothers and sisters and, and nieces and nephews. By then I started was, I had some nieces and nephews and, and some cousins came to, the, to that one particular party, but we went down to the sand dunes. My sister was living in Delta, Utah, and there are some fine sand dunes near where she lived and and we all went there. We all, we just loved the sand dunes uh, as a place to play. We'd all join hands and run and jump off of the off of the sharp edge of the sand dune and land in the sand all all uh, together in a big heap. <laughs> Everybody having fun and eating our sandwiches. 
for lunch there and like that. And I, I remember, I remember maybe, maybe two or three times when we would join uh, with our other family members who were married and had children and, and uh, have, have this kind of a, have this kind of a party at the sand dunes. That was a, that was a fun Easter um, tradition. And it was before the sand dunes had kind of <clears throat> come into great favor with, uh, of course, I don't think at that time they had invented the ATVs and, and those machines yet. So, so now you, you couldn't go and do what we did, I think, on the sand dunes because you'd be getting run over by all those ATVs that are out there. It's a, it's a, a changed uh, scenario. Anyway, it, that was a fun thing that we used to do. And then when we, <clears throat> when we learned that uh, everybody was going to bring their their uh, machines to the sand dunes, why sometimes we would go like in the middle of a week or, or on uh, other days than holidays because everybody would be there then, but we would go when hopefully nobody would be there and still take our kids to the sand dunes just to play. But that was, that was before, that was just when, the, when those uh, machines were coming into, into favor. And now, oh my gosh, everybody has one. Anyway, <clears throat> we like we like that. We used to take our, our when we had children and lived in Salt Lake. Why we used to take our kids up to this as a place monument, and uh, that was where there were some hillsides and some picnic tables, and that was a fun place to have our lunch and do that on a Saturday afternoon and and. Uh, the kids were <coughs> talking about that yesterday, remembering when they would roll the eggs down the hill. It was kind of a rocky hill and the seagulls would come and flock around and, and snatch up the broken eggs and, and just take them away and clean up after us. <laughs> That's a memory I have as a kid is the, the swarms of seagulls and we would go to the local park with a big hill and just throw down two dozen eggs and seagulls would have a heyday. Oh yeah, they loved that. We had a funny, just a funny little story that they liked to tell. We were all sitting at the picnic table and uh, we had these, we had these sandwiches that I guess, I don't know, we had either put them in plastic bags ourselves or, or possibly bought them at a 7-Eleven or somewhere and they were all wrapped in in uh, in plastic and this seagull came swooping down to, and to our table grabbed the sandwich and uh, flew away with it when it was still wrapped and I thought you're gonna die <laughs> you try eating that it's all wrapped in plastic you're gonna die <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I have no idea what became of him, but he took the sandwich and went away with it. 
when you came into junior high and high school and, and World War II started with all of the, the rationing and, and, and whatnot, did that change the way that you and your family celebrated uh, Easter at all? Well, I don't remember it changing too much because we were sort of simple anyway. And I think we just kind of did what we had always done and kind of let it to let it go on. Uh, we always had to eat, so we would make make our make some sandwiches or even just bread and bread and butter and take it up in the in the hills somewhere. And we did that on a on a frequent basis, not just on Easter, but but uh, I can't remember. <clears throat> I can't remember it changing too much. It was an interesting time in the history of, of the world and the country. We just, we had the Great Depression and we just came out of the, out of the depression years and into the war years. And that was when the depression time ended. But then the next, five, six years was, was the war. And so that, I don't know that we had a normal, any normal lifetime. We just did what we did, <laughs> whatever, whatever it was, we just did it. And, and uh, the, in, in the wartime we had rationing and like that, but we had our own, we had our own chickens and, and, uh, so like, for example, eggs, we had plenty of them and actually sold, sold eggs as to help bring in a little cash crop. And, uh, and we, had, we had sufficient to eat all the time, even during the depression, because we raised most of our food in the garden and, and bottled and canned what we what we had and uh, so it was always available to us we we always had food we always had eggs and all the things that that we needed we had meat because we had because we had chickens and pigs and a calf that we could slaughter and and provide meat for the family. So we had those things living on the farm. And whereas those things, a lot of those meat and, and sugar and things, a lot of things like that were rationed and you had to have, you had to have uh, stamps or points to, to buy them at the store. We didn't buy them at the store. We just had them at home. So we were, just, all right in that regard. And then we went right into the war time. So, so strange times were normal times for us when we were growing up. But uh, Easter, being, Easter being our favorite uh, uh, time to worship the Savior, the resurrection time we always had we always had little 
celebration things in regard to to that and i remember going to uh, going to the messiah sing along at uh, symphony hall for example uh, the the conference it was off it was conference and easter time came together not specifically on the same day but sometimes it was on the same day but the same time of year and we would have uh, programs celebrating the the restoration of the gospel and all of that in connection with the easter time so there was always a spiritual uh, aspect connected with easter and uh, I remember one time my father brought a, brought us up to Salt Lake to see a special program which was put on at the at the Tabernacle on Temple Square, and it was it was called the Message of the Ages, and it was it was a wonderful wonderful program, giving the idea that uh, that mankind is eternal that we that the gospel is eternal and that throughout the ages the gospel has been preached and so on and it, it just had all these wonderful things from all the way from the old testament through the new testament through the restoration scriptures and so on <clears throat> so i remember that program and that went on that was put on over and over again for for many many weeks at the tabernacle and it might have been wouldn't have been 1930 because I wouldn't have been old enough maybe it was 1947 in honor of the pioneers I'm not sure it was some kind of a celebration for the whole church and we loved that. But that kind of correlated with Easter. And the conference, as I said, came during Easter time and that was frequently, well, it was always three days long. And in the, in the spring, it was always on April the 6th. And then whatever weekend was closest to that, they, if, if April the 6th happened to come like on a Wednesday, which is the middle of the week, we might have conference on, on Wednesday, April 6th, and then again on Saturday and Sunday, skip a couple of days and then do it on Saturday and Sunday. It was always on April 6th to celebrate the anniversary of the founding of the church and then whatever days, as I said, were uh, close to it. If it happened to be around, if it happened to be on a Monday, we'd have it on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, uh, like that, whatever uh, time. But anyway, it celebrated, it was kind of a celebration of the restoration of the gospel, as well as as the conferences of today, which are, are uh, mostly about Jesus Christ and living the gospel and so on. So 
that always was kind of connected with the with Easter time, but but uh, we would listen when I was when I was young. We would listen to conference on the on the radio, and that was the way we heard it. And um, one day, one day we were list, listening to conference, and we were quite startled to hear them announce that that. Uh, President Irvin L. Warnock from the Severe Stake was going to give the closing prayer at conference, at general conference. And so that was kind of a thrill for all of us. And, and uh, that. Uh, President Tay, uh, sorry, Elder Tay, who spoke in this last conference session right before Russell M. Nelson is my wife's mission president. And so I, that's, I get that kind of fun yeah. thrill. Like, I know that guy. Yeah. Um, speaking of missions, on your mission, you would have had an Easter or two. I remember on my mission, Easter season, Holy Week, was like, we would try so hard to get people interested and to come to church for Easter Sunday. And we were more successful than many other weeks in, in those efforts. How did Easter affect, well, I guess, how did Easter affect your missionary work? And also, how did being a missionary affect the way you celebrated Easter? Well, I've, I've been on missions in my young life and in my old life. So, uh, but I found it quite a bit the same because when you're out there amongst the people, they the people generally celebrate Easter. There's two times of the year they're going to go to church. One's at Christmas and one's at Easter, if they're, if they're Christians. And uh, Holy Week, as you call it, was always that way to me. And I found, I found it again that way this year because we did quite a few um, special little commemorations with the like with my ministering sisters or with the uh, persons that we were acquainted with in in the neighborhood you can you can get the people to think about Jesus as you said on on Easter the whole week is a nice time to go and visit people that we found it that way I loved it and I thought it was a a great uh, a great time to preach the gospel, to connect with people, and that kind of thing. I don't, I don't have any specific memories of, of anything, in particular, except that I do remember uh, celebrating the the Passover a couple of times. When we were when we were, we were in uh, Maine, one of our one of our favorite uh, contacts that we were that we were teaching uh, on a regular basis said they were going to have the the setter on such and such an evening. Did I want? Did we want to go? And we did. I went with them to the Passover celebration. It was a little different than. It, than we had been to before. We'd been to the to the 
a celebration uh, a couple of times we went to the down at the BYU they had it uh, in the Wilkinson Center ballroom and and we had Passover there and but it it was still was very it still was very interesting to do and to hear to hear these Christians celebrating Passover uh, Passover of course is the time <clears throat> in the history of, of the house of Israel when before they left, before they left uh, Egypt, they were still under bondage and they got word that uh, they were to kill a sacrificial lamb on, uh, on this particular evening and take the blood of the lamb and and paint the doorposts of the door, which would indicate that they were believers and that they were the ones that they were of the house of Israel. And then the destroying angel coming by, recognizing the, the blood of the lamb on the doorposts would pass by those houses. But the, the Egyptians who were not believers and did not do such thing and were holding the Israelites in bondage. They had the last of the, of the plagues or the destructive uh, problems that persu finally persuaded Pharaoh to let them go was the, the uh, the firstborn son in each in each of the households died that night. The destroying angel came by. We don't talk too much about Passover in the church right now. And I'm not sure that many, uh, many members of the church really understand what Passover was about, but they, Israel then was, was freed by Pharaoh and allowed to go free and they had everybody's seen that great movie the Ten Commandments but they had this grand march out of out of bondage and out of Egypt and out into the desert and then they parted the Red Sea and made it made it to, so that they could pass through on dry, dry ground after the they saw the Egyptians had changed their minds and were pursuing after them and were trying to either either destroy them or bring them back into bondage. But but that was the that was the grand moment in which they were released from from that bondage and and saved by the hand of the Lord. So Israel as a nation, Israel the Israelites as a, a group of people celebrated Passover from then on and I think they still do I'm pretty sure they still do and that's what Jesus celebrated right at the end of uh, of Easter week uh, the holy week that we call it he celebrated Passover with his disciples the 12 that he had chosen and then 
after that went out into the Garden of Gethsemane and offered the great intercessory prayer and suffered the 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 pains of, of the of the atonement in the Garden of Gethsemane and then finished off into his uh, into his betrayal and the the trial and ended up in the crucifixion. Uh, so that's why Passover is connected directly to the the Easter season and the resurrection. And that's why Passover is part of the celebration of amongst Christians, it's part of the celebration of Easter because of that uh, experience in which it, in which Passover, at, pa at Passover, Jesus uh, instituted the sacrament and told the disciples to to do this and administer the, the bread and the wine in remembrance of his broken body and his bro spilt blood for us. And this do in remembrance of him. And uh, that was before he was, just before he was crucified, like, like the day before or something. And uh, so that's why Passover has a connection there. I think we ought to talk more about Passover in the church so that people would understand that, that the destroying angel passed by and the time of the time of the um, emancipation of the from bondage came about right at that's what they were celebrating the day before Jesus um, died and and was crucified crucified and died for us and took his sins upon us and made it possible for us to uh, receive life everlasting after that so there's a big connection there and it uh, it would be well, I, I think, personally, that to let people understand that connection. And there's a Latter-day scripture about that that says that people who keep the word of wisdom will be in, on the, in the days, in the last days before the coming of Christ, the people who keep the word of wisdom will have the destroying angel pass by them and not destroy them the way the same way the children it happened with the children of Israel and so it's kind of an important thing that we remember that and also that we remember the sacrament uh, which is in honor of our Savior Jesus Christ and remember him for what he did and for what he will do for us in the future. So these are kind of important times to be thinking about all of that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When you 
had your own children to then pass your uh, celebration of, of Easter onto, uh, what was Easter like for your kids? So you, you experienced Easter as a child in the 30s and your kids experienced it in the 50s and 60s. Uh, what, what were some of the things, the traditions you carried on um, and maybe new ones you picked up? Well, basic, basically the same ones, but I, I never was, Easter became commercialized after a while and it, it sort of like Christmas became commercialized. When I was a child, we just got a few Christmas gifts, you know, at Christmas time, but, but we didn't get the piles and piles of gifts like they do nowadays with their children. And the other, and the same thing with Easter, a lot of people give a lot of, of gifts on Easter, similar to what they do at Christmas. And we never picked up on those ideas much with our kids, but they did. We did let them have Easter baskets and and maybe some stuffed animals or things like that to to go go with it and Easter eggs and like that. And then they we learned about plastic eggs and uh, they started making those. And then we would fill the plastic eggs and. Uh, and hide them around our, hide them around our yard. But the way we did it, the way we did that, um, our, uh, we'd get, we'd get everything prepared. And then when the kids would come on Saturday, we'd have our crisp, our Easter party on Saturday before, before Easter Sunday in order to kind of keep the Sabbath a little more holy. It was always my, my point, but I would have all the grandchildren and grandchildren come in the living room with me and we, they would, uh, we would have the, the Easter story. Uh, sometimes we would act it out. The kids would take different parts. Sometimes we would <laughs> just read it, whatever some way we would give the Easter story. And while we were, while we were doing that and impressing, trying to impress upon the children that Easter is about Jesus Christ and his resurrection, then uh, our other family members would be out in the yard hiding the Easter eggs. And then everybody would get their little basket and line up and, and that's the experience that I remember as a kid is, is you would pull all the grandkids together and you and grandpa would read from the scriptures and tell us the Easter story, the resurrection and, and uh, the, the appearances to the apostles, things like that. And then right afterwards on, on the Saturday before Easter, we'd all line up according to, I think it was age or height, and then go out and get as many eggs as we could. And that was always a very fun time of my uh, childhood as a, as a grandchild of you. It, it sounds like hunting eggs wasn't really something you did as a kid, but it, 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 it something that people started doing when you had kids and then 
by the time I came along, it was a well-established tradition. So that's uh, that's that's interesting to see the uh, uh, evolution. Um, the last thing that I want to ask you today um, is more of an opportunity to, uh, I guess, give you the mic. Um, Easter is the time where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is why I think Resurrection Day is a, is a better name for the holiday than Easter, but um, I speak English, so whatever. Um, Grandma, if you wouldn't mind, just for the next little bit, share your thoughts and testimony about uh, Easter, our Savior Jesus Christ, and his resurrection. Well, it's such a wonderful thing to, to contemplate that uh, life goes on. This is, not, this is not the end. There were a couple of, of tender stories in conference about people who had lost a loved one and, and uh, yet had the assurance that they would, that they would be uh, together again, that they would have the opportunity of being together as families. And this all ties together with the restoration of the gospel and the, the understanding that we are sealed together through the power of the priesthood, the temple, the temples that are the hallmark of the Latter-day Saint faith, the priesthood restored the authority to seal on earth and have it sealed in heaven is all an important con uh, thing connected up with the restoration of the gospel and with the uh, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this, this is the center point of the whole gospel that if uh, if Christ had not come and done what he did for mankind, then according to the scriptures, mankind would be always lost forever and never we wouldn't we wouldn't have these these great blessings of of everlasting life and everlasting family relationships and the things that are so precious to us on this earth will remain with us and we, they, they will be available to us because of what our Savior Jesus Christ did for us. So the whole, the whole center point of the whole Christian faith is the atonement of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and resurrection. And that is the thing that makes it possible for us to live in hope and faith and courage in spite of all the problems that go on in, in the world. We know that there is a, a, better, a better world ahead of us that we can be together forever, that we can, uh, the relationships that are so precious to us here on the earth, here and now, can 
can um, endure when our when our father and our grandfather and our loved ones have passed away, our brothers and so on have passed away. That isn't the end, that we will be able to see them again and be with them again. And all of these things are made possible by our Savior, Jesus Christ. So the resurrection, it is, we should call it the resurrection day, the celebration of the resurrection day, because Christ was the first fruits and the rest of us will will have that opportunity in our own turn and we will have the we will we will live again it's very important to all of us to know that we are children of our heavenly father and he made this wonderful plan in the book of mormon it's called the great plan of happiness and that means happiness on this earth and happiness in the future. And if we follow his plan, if we live according to the things that he has taught us, that Jesus taught us, then we can have these great blessings. And that life will go on whether we opt for the blessings or not. <laughs> we'll get we'll get the the results of what of what we of what we We'll get the we'll get the results of what we live for uh, on this earth, and our Savior is the center of the whole thing. Yeah, I used to say when I was in the mission field, I'd say to people, it was so important that they even started, they even changed the uh, the uh, the years. I. I lose my words, but anyway, the, the, they used to call it before Christ, and now they call it after Christ, <laughs> after, after his, uh, his resurrection. So the year of our Lord, they call it Anno Domini, A.D. Anyway, uh, these things, this is the center of it. This is... He, he himself is the center of everything, the whole history of mankind and the whole plan of salvation. So to him be all honor and glory forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you for having this conversation with me. Um, thank you for sharing with me your uh, the, the fun memories and traditions, experiences, beliefs, uh, the spirituality that Easter uh, is for you. And uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> Amen to everything you said. Uh, I love you very much, Grandma. I love you too, Jonathan. And thank you for the opportunity of sharing this on this lovely Easter Sunday.